Welcome to One Hit Wonderful, the podcast where we're revisiting all those amazing reality shows that fortunately, or some cases unfortunately, only had one season. Today we're going to be delving back in to our series <laughs> on Gallery Girls. Um, today we're discussing episode seven, Beginning to See the Light. I'm your host, Frank Pesanite the Third, And I'm Meredith Broadbeck. And I'm um, sorry about that intro. I was, I thought my phone was on silent and it wasn't. And um, I got a little text message. So enjoy the law and order sound. Dun dun. <laughs> <laughs> I liked it. Oh, how are you doing, dear? Um, I am amazing. I've had my first vaccination shot. I'm getting my second on April 1st. So I'm super Woo! psyched to get a little bit back to normal. Awesome. Um, and the weather here, as you know, has been gorgeous. This yeah. week was amazing. So how are you? I'm good. Speaking of beginning to see the light with the sun, it feels good. Uh, and I've officially been home for one year today. Oh, <laughs> so, wow. You know, the good news is, though, it feels like there's a light at the end of the tunnel. So I'm trying to focus on that and not the fact that 365 days have, you know, gone by. Yes. My um, leaving work anniversary isn't for another um, eight days would have been the last. So the 21st is the last day that I worked. Yeah. Yeah. It's pretty wild. But other than that, all good. Amaze. Um, well, should we delve right in? I have a, I have some Twitter for us. Yeah. Um, well, first and foremost, I would like to say to Heather out there, um, I know that you're going through some difficult dental struggles, and we are thinking about you and keeping you in our thoughts, and I hope it all works out well for you. Um, and Heather tweeted us and said, Chantal tells Claudia she needs to focus, but then contradicts that with, you need to get off the Adderall. Don't you take Adderall because you need to focus? Yeah. Make up your mind, girl. 100% right. Yeah, that's totally right. Yeah. Um, Heather also said, I felt so close to Chantal with those jarring, frizzy-haired confessionals. <laughs> um, and then Taylor, our sleazy T, tweeted and said, so happy to be catching up now. This whole working as a PA thing has really set me back and the whole enjoying podcast thing. Um, well, Taylor, well, you're out there doing the good work. Um, keep it up. I can't imagine uh, what it's like working in the medical profession right now. I know. Um, and we are also with you and thinking of you. Yeah, um, Absolutely. And then Heather tweeted and said, I have to politely disagree with the coffee is coffee opinion. Well, of course, we should know that Heather would have opinions about coffee. <laughs> it's true. It's um, true. Well, while I don't drink regular coffee, just espresso brews, I know how I feel about my tea. I cannot drink Lipton, Tetley, or Mighty Leaf. My husband calls me a tea snob. They're flavorless toilet water. <laughs> <laughs> well, to be fair, I always prefer a better coffee. I understand what Chantal is saying, but if I'm sleep deprived and I need a caffeine hit, I'm not going to turn down a cup of Folgers. That's for sure. <laughs> I think people should just eat it like it's sugar, just with a spoon, not even with water, <laughs> just the crystals. <laughs> Yeah, well, Chantal won't be doing that. Like, like lick'em sticks for adults. <laughs> just put a pinch between your cheek and gum, you know? Yeah, just go for it. <laughs> nice. Well, I have another caddy catalog of our last lady, actually. So I'll have to think of something good for our episode eight. Um, but today's caddy catalog is one Claudia Martinez Reardon. I'm very intrigued about this one. So lay it on me. So Claudia is the gallery girl that when you read all the articles now, they say she's very private and sort of unknown. Um, and that is true. She's not as kind of out there and on social and doing things as some of the other ladies uh, for the show. But 
I found more about her than I was expecting to, honestly. And it wasn't that difficult. I mean, I maybe a little more digging than for the other ladies, but not too bad. So Claudia is from Flossmore, Illinois. And for some reason, the name of that town made me laugh for like 15 minutes. Flossmore. <laughs> I don't know. It's just a valuable lesson, everybody. Flossmore. Um, and I did look up the town and looked at pictures of it. And she, it kind of thrilled me because she's basically from Lanford. Really? Like on Roseanne. Yeah. So really? it's only 45 minutes or so south of Chicago. Uh-huh. Um, but it, it looks pretty, it's, I wouldn't say rural, but it also, I wouldn't call it suburban either. It's more rural than suburban. So it reminded me of Lanford. Um, so I mean, that makes sense to me because the town that I grew up in now is considered a suburb of DC, but at the time it really wasn't. It was yeah. just like its own little town and it's only not even 30 miles from DC. So that tracks. Yeah. Yeah. So according to a blog post that I found, Claudia is the daughter of a butcher and a cardiologist. Interesting. So she came from money. Well, I couldn't confirm or deny that. So, you know, I looked around and there are some, you know, kind of artisanal butchers in Flossmoor. They did not share her last name. Um, But we do know that she borrowed money from her parents to start end of century. So it is entirely possible. Not sure where this blogger got that and I couldn't find their source, but that's what it said. Well, quick question. Is it possible that the butcher is the mother and maybe it's under the mother's maiden name? Maybe. I don't know. Um, Or her parents are retired now, which is why I couldn't find them. Yeah. Which is also very possible. Yeah. (laughs) So Claudia went to Sarah Lawrence College and she graduated in 2010. Um, and after Gallery Girls ended, Claudia sort of disappeared, as we've all heard. And she was rumored to have been running a florist shop in the Hudson Valley. Interesting. Yeah. I could also not confirm nor deny that. But it seemed to make sense. But then, you know, who knows? And I couldn't... The claim to fame of this florist was that they specialized in local Hudson Valley, New York flowers. And so I, I couldn't find a florist that specialized in that. So I don't I don't know. But we can, <laughs> we can say she did that. Um, Honestly, though, if she was running it, it may still no, no longer be open. Right. That's true. Um, So she went on to get her master's degree, master's of science in cultural anthropology um, from University College of London. Uh Oh, yeah. So Claudia went overseas. Uh, She was in school for two years and she finished her master's in 2017. And after she finished her master's, she got a job as a fellow at the Bauhaus Dessau Lab, which I went on an interesting deep dive about. It is south of Berlin, maybe about an hour away from Berlin, Germany. Um, And it's a World Heritage Site. So it's sort of like a museum and an architectural center. Okay. And she was a fellow there. Um, And then she also was a contributing writer to their magazine, which is called Wallpaper, for two years. So she was abroad. Yeah, she was abroad for four years, all told. Um, First in England and then in Germany. So then she came back to the United States in 2019, and she was working as the national communications lead for Gould Evans, which is a big architecture firm. Okay. Um, So I guess, you know, her experience in Germany working in like architecture or design or whatever set her up for that. And she worked there until January of this year, 2021. 
Um, and now she is back in good old Illinois and she is a senior content designer for IA Collaborative, which is like, they call themselves a design and innovation consultancy uh, in Chicago. Oh, all right. Well, it sounds like she's done really well for herself. Yeah. Um, and she's been there since January. Her LinkedIn is up to date. So that's where I found most of this information. She does have a website, which I'm surprised more bloggers or bravotv.com hasn't picked up on. There's not much there, but you could read some of her writing samples and it explains that she got her master's and all that kind of stuff. So oh, interesting. How was, did you read any of her writing samples? How were they? No. <laughs> <laughs> um, no, I did not. Um, I don't know. I'm sure they're fine. <laughs> I was more in it for the bio than, you know, her skills. As a <laughs> I only want to take so much time. But that's what I found about Claudia, which is more than I expected, given that she's kind of a social media ghost. So. Well, I am fully impressed. I am not on LinkedIn, so I can't stalk people on LinkedIn. So I'm always impressed when you come up with these great things. It is pretty interesting how many people are into keeping their LinkedIn profile up to date. Do people actually, like as someone who does not have a LinkedIn or use LinkedIn, do people actually use it to get jobs? Like, isn't that the point yeah. of it? Yeah. So I will say their job alerts are pretty good. Oh, they um, are? Oh, okay. Yeah. The weird thing is, is that as soon as you update your profile, like the whole world can see it, which I guess Facebook does too. So my problem is that I let mine get pretty out of date. Like I update it basically when I get a new job and I should update it more frequently with like things I'm doing to make myself more appealing to other employers, I guess. Um, but I don't, cause I think it's just weird that the whole world is watching it. Gotcha. <laughs> yeah. I feel that way about my Facebook profile too. I hate that. Like when you change your photo and then you get like a hundred likes, it's like, no guys, that's an old picture. I just wanted to change it. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, are you ready to dive into this? I surely am because I'm beginning episode. to see the light, which Ooh, originally hoo. aired on September 24th, 2012. Okay. And when does Art Basel take place? Do we even know that? I haven't bothered to look that up. Oh, um, I, yeah. It's usually in the late winter. Um, hold on and I'll look it up for you. So this aired exactly. like, okay. This aired quite a while after they were there then. I mean, not really. If you think of it in terms of TV time where they edit and stuff, usually like housewives and stuff, it's like six months or so after they okay. film that it airs. Okay. Okay. Art Basel 2012. I still think it should be Art Basel. <laughs> Um, my internet hates me today. Yeah, that's why um, like Heather actually um, messaged me and said that this year it's going to be in December for 2020. And I think that's because of COVID. Like it was should have been like January, February and then got pushed down to. Okay. Okay. Well, whatever. So we open the episode and the end of century ladies are at the Urbano Hotel where they were last episode. And Angela admits that she worked an event the night before. And so someone is actually hustling in Miami and she's taking photos and going to parties and putting her name out there. So good on Angela <laughs> for that. And again, they start talking about this event that at this point is- Oh, really quickly. Sorry. Didn't yeah. mean to interrupt. I found it. It actually was in December in 2012 as well. The first week in December. Huh. Okay. Interesting. So almost a year before it was aired. Fascinating. Okay, then we'll have to talk about that at the end of the episode because there is a timestamp on something at the end. 
Okay. So yeah, no, no, I got the timestamp on it. I, I know what you're talking about. We'll get to that. Yeah. Yeah. So the girls are talking about whether or not they should have this pop-up event, which at this point, this is the day of the event. Is it not? Um, that was very unclear to me. I wasn't sure. No, no, no. It was the day before. Okay. Because because Chantal very bitchily says, like, maybe we'll see you later tonight when they're on the phone with Amy. So okay. it was the next day. Okay. So then Chantal admits she doesn't want to have the show. Like, we didn't know that. And then Amy conveniently calls as they're sitting together from Cafeina. And she has gone full steam ahead and reserved the space and is constructing a full experience. And she paid $2,000. Yep. And she considers it an investment. And Chantal said, you know, they thank her sort of half-assedly. And they say, maybe we'll run into you later tonight. And then Claudia says that someone should check Amy into the loony bin. These cunts. I they am sorry. They are so mean. I have done a complete 180 on Amy. I yep. now think she's fucking amazing. I think these ungrateful bitches should be kissing her ass. Um, the whole thing, I, I mean, I couldn't believe it. Like, she does all this work, puts in her own money, and their only response is, maybe we'll see you later tonight, and you need to check yourself into a mental institution? I mean, fuck you, Chantal. Fuck you. Like, I that get that Chantal... That was Claudia, though. And, no, well, I thought that... Ch no, Chantal says she needs to check herself into a mental institution. I think Claudia is the one that said Looney Bin. Oh, did you? No. I, I, in my notes, I wrote, maybe, uh, Chantal, maybe we'll see you later tonight. She needs to check herself into a mental... I'm positive it was Chantal. Okay. Positive. And she's an absolute cunt bag. I've had it. Had it with these ungrateful girls. And yeah. I get that Chantal's whole jam is that, like, she wants to cut her nose off to spite her face, and she would much rather see this miserably fail just so she can say that she's right. But screw you. Like, she's trying to help your business. Like, these girls, I can't take it. I will say, sidebar, part of the reason maybe I am so Team Amy now is that um, Andy, friend of the pod and friend of the new microphone that she got me for my birthday, um, messaged me privately with a picture of Amy and said, I really feel like she looks like you in drag. And um, she's 100% <laughs> not wrong. Um, I will have to dig up pictures from the 90s when I went as Pamela Anderson for Halloween one year. I do look a little bit like Amy, kind of like a cross between Amy and Jennifer Coolidge. Aw, I want to see. <laughs> well yeah i'm with you they you know they took amy up on her offer and now they're being completely ungrateful like there's no other word for it um but then we go to the rubel family collection with maggie and liz uh apparently this family is another big collector in miami so liz likes to go see their collection in addition to her dad's um well and quick question for you did you i didn't have time because i was my internet was weird and there was a million things going on this morning when I was trying to watch the episode. Um, I wonder if it's the same family as Steve Rubell, who owned Studio 54. Oh, I don't know. Like an extension of his family somehow. I don't know. Could be. I'm going to look it up later. Yeah. That, I, I mean, the only Rubell I've ever heard is Steve Rubell. So I'm just, I'm curious. That makes me curious. Yeah. So they're at this collection and they bump into Claudia and Chantal and it is so painful. Like they're walking by each other and not acknowledging each other's presence. And Liz decides to kind of suck it up and break the ice with them. And she invites them to join her table at a club later, which I was impressed by because mm -hmm. they are little bitches. And I point for Liz for being mature and breaking the ice with them. And then Claudia, in another bout of ungratefulness, 
in her confessional says, it's not my scene, but I'll go. Um, okay, so she also said, this pissed me off. This is an olive branch and I'm reaching it out. No, you're not. Liz is reaching it out. Right. Like, Liz is the one extending the olive branch, you dumb dumb. Not yeah. you. I know. Um, and I did, now, did you see the part when they were um, talking about the basketballs floating in water? Yeah. I don't know if it still is, but that was at the Hirshhorn. I've oh, seen cool. that exhibit, like, for many years. Um, it, it wasn't the exact same for basketball. It was a tank like that. I think it may have been more, but that's oddly is kind of a famous piece, believe it or not. Cool. I don't know the name of the, the artist. And then I love the running into each other narrative. Like, you have a call sheet, dum-dums. Like, you're on a TV show. Cameras are there. Like, it was not an accident that you guys ran into each other. I know. Um, and then we go back to the Urbano Hotel briefly, and I don't know what they were trying to make of this dynamic in this episode between Chantal and her boyfriend. He, she implies that he's very jealous that she's out and having fun and she keeps telling him that she's flirting with people. Um, and that seems to be for kind free of, drinks. Yeah. Like that seems to be her thing is sort of like torturing him from afar. Um, and you can hear him say, what are you trying to hide from me? And like, I don't know. That's her thing with everyone in life. She's like yeah. a human iron maiden. She yeah. just lives to torture everyone in her orbit. Yeah. I know. But, and then, you know, Spencer shows up in Miami later and it's not that exciting. For like a day. Yeah, I know. Anyway. So then we go to Mokai, the club that Liz invited people to. Still open. Okay. Oddly is open every other day. So it's like open Saturday, closed Sunday, open Monday. Weird. I don't know if that's a COVID thing. And it's open from 11 p.m. to 5 a.m. Okay. Man, they don't open till 11? God. (laughs) I'm so old. I'm like, what? Well, honestly, I was thinking that too, because I feel like most of the clubs that I've been to, worked at, whatever, open at nine, but don't get good until like midnight. Yeah. There's always like a couple like stragglers that come in like really early. Yeah, uh, whatever. Yeah, 11 seemed a little late to me too, but you know, it's Miami. Yeah, so Liz and Maggie are there, obviously, with their boyfriends. Carrie is there, some of Liz's friends, and Liz admits that her friend owns the club, according to her. Yeah. So this friend who owns the club has hooked them up with a table and some bottles. Yep. Um, and I'm not a club kid, but I even I know that that's kind of a big deal and a very nice gesture. I, I mean, I will have a lot to say about this when, I, when we get to what happens. But I'm very yeah, excited. I have, I have a lot to talk about in a little bit. <laughs> I'm, I'm very excited for your club expertise with this episode. I'm just going to defer to you for most okay. of it. <laughs> so um, end of century girls arrive eventually and it is awkward. They're like all sitting at the table and no one's really talking. And then, you know, they they just force themselves to talk in a way that is good. It's just a little painful at first. And then Liz and Chantal basically become friends and Liz admits to why she backed away from them. And she says that when she went to end of century, she felt like she was being really nice and inquiring about the pieces and they walked away from her and she thought it was really rude. And Chantal in a moment of clarity says, turns out Liz didn't like us because we're mean and she's right. I was blown away by this entire exchange. Yeah. Because it was so, like, it did not go the way I thought it was going to. Nope. I can't believe that Chantal owned her shit. Like, it, I was impressed. I mean, I'm not Me going to lie. Like, Me I too. was pretty impressed. 
And then once they get over that, they actually apologize to Liz. They're like, we're sorry. And then they're chatting about like, oh, you're Polish too? I'm part Polish. And like, everyone's just bonding over vodka. I was a little disappointed in Liz's confessional though. when she was kind of like, too little, too late. And I'm like, well, but I mean, it was done. Like they came and you guys worked it out. So don't discredit that by now doing too little, too late. Like I, I thought it was actually a nice moment and it was nice to see them own their shit and apologize for it. Yeah. And you know, Chantal did say she was sorry, which I'm yeah. guessing she doesn't say very often. Oh no, I'm guessing not. Right. So then Maggie is shithoused and wants Liz to order another bottle for the table, which apparently is a bottle of vodka for $300. And Liz is like, no, we're out of here. Like, you know, we've had our fun. We got our free bottles. Like I'm not paying $300 for another one. And so then Liz is leaving and tells Bobby. Well, but before that, Liz actually didn't say that's too much money. We're out of here. It was Claudia and Chantal were like, okay. we can't afford that. We're leaving. Okay. They were like, that's too much money. Okay. Liz was talking about leaving, but they were the two girls that said it was too much money. Okay. Now I have issue with that. Um, number one, if you're already drunk, you don't want more vodka. Fine. But there were like more than 10 of them. It's $30 a person. Like, what the fuck? Like, that's not that much money. Yeah. Like they weren't saying you need to give me $300. It was $300 total. So, uh, huh? Yeah. I mean, that's three drinks. Like $30 is buying yourself three drinks at the bar. Like, I mean, it's well worth it. I, I don't know. I just thought the whole thing was a little, I, I, I the, the, the part where they were talking about how it was too much money kind of annoyed me. Okay. So then, but Liz tells Bobby, her boyfriend, to go tell Ryan, right? Yes. Who is as drunk as Maggie. Like, they're, they're way more drunk than Liz and Bobby. And oh, they're say, shithoused. Right. And Liz says, make sure he knows to tip the waitress. Oh, yeah. I've been in this situation more times than I can fucking count. Yep. So Maggie looks like she's about to keel over. And... Then all of a sudden, Ryan's friend, who is also named Bobby, and we hadn't yes. really seen until this moment, who looks real wasted, gets asked to leave the club. And we find out way later in the episode that it's because he passed out at the bar. Okay. Okay. So they ask him to leave the club, and Maggie and Ryan leave with him, obviously. And Liz and Bobby had already left. Right? Yes. Okay. So that's where we leave off at Mokai, but everyone digest that. Hang on to it for later. Because it's going to come back <laughs> about 10 times in this episode. Yes. Then we have this. Um, so Spencer is now in Miami. We're back at the hotel. And they're talking, Chantal and Spencer are talking about the pop-up and how well, much. Well, first she says she has a burning headache. What the fuck is a burning headache? I've heard of a throbbing headache. I don't know. And she also is a bitch about drinking her coffee out of styrofoam. Yeah. Oh my God. Get over it. Just drink the fucking coffee, Chantal. Well, and here's my question. So I'm assuming that her issue with it was that she was afraid the styrofoam was somehow going to leach into the coffee and, you know, cause her problems. But if the coffee had already been in the styrofoam, hasn't that ship already sailed? Uh, who cares? <laughs> no, I mean, I'm with you, but I'm saying like, if your whole thing is like, I don't want chemicals in my body. And I think the chemicals are being leached into the coffee from the styrofoam. If the coffee has been sitting in the styrofoam for 10, 15 minutes, the chemicals are already there, babe. Like, right. 
Well, and most people, the beef with styrofoam is the environmental impact, which fine, totally on board with that. But the cup has already been used. I have to say, and this is going to be a hot take. Um, I know it's horrible for the environment, but I really miss styrofoam. Like we haven't had it in DC in a very long time. They outlawed it a long time ago. Um, But in terms of like food to go to containers and stuff, it's just so much better. I, my big thing is like straws. Like when I hate a paper straw, like they get saggy, they're disgusting. Like I don't, oh, yeah. I don't like them. I, I live for the Starbucks straws that are apparently made out of like corn flour or something. And they're better for the environment. I like steal them when I go to Starbucks. <laughs> well, I have little, I can't drink. If I go to a bar, I like, I always drink out of a straw, like a cocktail straw or whatever. I don't know why, yeah. just for whatever reason, probably because of my mustache or like it's in my mustache. Um, but I have a whole set of little metal cocktail straws that I carry around oh. with me so I could do that. <laughs> I have, I have metal straws at home for sure. And I don't mind those. It's just paper straws that I don't like. Yeah. I kind of wish I was still a cokehead because like now there's this abundance of these cute little metal straws everywhere. <laughs> it would have been like so hot to just carry one around, like whip it out in the bathroom. They make them in like a variety of sizes. You could get a collapsible one. You would I be know. so cool. Okay. I know. Yeah. Everyone's got their thing. It's okay to miss styrofoam. So then Chantal tells Spencer that, so Amy got the space for the pop-up and said that a thousand people will come. Excuse me. Excuse me. I know. Amy shouldn't have oversold it in terms of how many people she was going to bring in. That was a, I mean, we've all been there trying to upsell ourselves, but like that was a, a my bad on her part. Yeah. So then Chantal admits that she's handing it to Claudia and if it fails, it's not my responsibility at all. Same old song. And then... Spencer jokes, well, you could fire Claudia. And then they wonder if that's even possible given that they're partners. Well, and I did as much of a reprehensible monster person as Chantal is. And this whole exchange made me want to just fucking pop her head off. Like it was a dandelion. Um, She, I will say that I did think it was funny when she at least said like, I wonder if she could fire me. (laughs) Yeah, I know. So then we go to the Eli Klein booth. And this is after Mokai. So Maggie and Liz are there. They're both tired, a little hungover. And Liz asks Maggie, did they tip the waitress? Girl. And no, they did not. I, can, I cannot even tell you how many times I have been in this exact same situation. Yeah. And it fucking sucks. It fucking sucks. Like you take your friends to your friend's club or the club that your friend manages or whatever, and they hook it the fuck up and they act like fucking idiots. And then they don't, they either don't tip at all or they don't tip as much or they bounce. Like it is such a bad look. And as the person that it's happening to, you feel like shit. You feel like shit. And I either end up having to put in the money for them. So my like quote unquote semi free <laughs> night ends up costing way more if I just paid for all the drinks my fucking self. Or you don't find about it till the next day and you're mortified. Yeah. Like I really felt for Liz in this situation. It is not cool. It's not cool. That said, everybody buckle in because Liz is going to, this is the hill she's going to die on. Oh, yes, she is. For the rest of the fucking episode, Liz will not get over this. Like ever. So she is understandably very pissed off. And, you know, she says that it's now on Maggie and Ryan for bringing that kid in the first place. And she's really mad at Maggie and Ryan for it, which I understand. But also I think she's, she's losing sight of it just a little bit. But she's getting out her anger in this scene. And she talks about this other kid, Bobby, and says he's a commoner creature. And he's ugly as fuck. 
<laughs> she's just letting it all out. And then Maggie in her confessional, she practically whispers it in her confessional too. She's like, I'm a little surprised by Liz, especially considering her past. Like, it's not like she didn't make mistakes. That actually really bothered me. It, it bothered really me. bothered me. Because it was I'm mean. Like, like, how dare you throw up her past drug addiction in her face? I mean, not in her face because she wasn't to her face but as an excuse for your boyfriend and his friend's bad behavior. Right. Like, cause quite frankly, I was as much of a mess as Liz, if not probably more. And I still managed to fucking pay the, the waitress. Yeah. Like I wasn't getting kicked out of plate. Well, I would got kicked out of some places, but it's also like, if it's you are the one who's acting shitty in your friend's club, that's different than if you're there as a guest of someone and acting shitty. That's well, not would, the same. It would also be very different if Maggie had known Liz when she was an addict and had ever cleaned up her shit or whatever, but she did not. She did and, not and, know Liz. And that's then. the thing. She doesn't know what Liz acted like when she was an addict. Right. Liz may have been a very functioning addict who around other people was completely pleasant and wasn't not tipping and getting thrown out of places and passing out of bars. She right. doesn't fucking know. Right. And we've seen Ryan and his friends before. They are not a put together bunch when they're fucked up. No, not at all. Not at all. Right. So then we go to Cafeina and Amy is setting up this pop-up event. Um, and she does say that usually our Basel events are planned months in advance. So to pull this off has been like a lot of work for her. In three days. Yeah. And there's this big inflatable, they call it a tent, but... It, it was covered on the top. So if you looked at it, because um, I paused it. So it was an inflatable tent and the top had webbing okay. that went between. So it was covered. Like if it had rained or something, they would have been fine. Okay. Like it's just the webbing didn't go that far down. Like it was really high up. So it, okay. it, the only time they, they like one or two times they panned up and you could see it. Okay. Because the whole, the tent looks like an inflatable spider, everybody. That's what it yeah. looks like. That is exactly watched. what it looks like. Yeah. So I couldn't see the webbing. Um Angela arrives and she actually, Angela has really grown on me again and again. And she like tells Amy, it looks really nice and she appreciates her effort. And like a wall is being built specifically for Angela's photography. And like Amy is putting in effort. Do we think that this really only costs $2,000? I was wondering the same thing. And here's it's a lot why. Of, it's a lot of stuff. Um, I would be shocked if the open bar alone didn't cost $2,000. Like that's Same. the, when I found it, I was on board until I heard about the open bar and I'm like, what the fuck? Like as someone who, I mean, as you know, you were at my 40th, 40th birthday. Like I had an open bar and I think it was, I, I think I spent $3,000. Yeah. And that was only for what? I had maybe 50 people that like, I don't know. Like, so I just, the bar alone, I was like, what the fuck? I know. I thought that too. Um, and they say that, you know, Amy's doing a good job. And then who says that despite the awful inflatable tent, who says that? Was that Angela? I think it was Angela. I only wrote down the quote. I didn't write down who wrote it. And I wrote, Amy is amazing. And they are all cunts. And I liked the tent. I thought the inflatable tent was really cool. I also don't like for an outdoor event. I thought it was a really nice looking space. Like the tent, like, I, I don't know. I didn't think the tent mattered very much. Well, and it made it look really open and it's, I mean, better than having like one of those low, like not like yeah. a low to the ground tent. It, I, I don't know. And also I feel like it would have been a draw for people walking by. Cause it was so tall. So tall. I thought, I thought that too. Yeah. They're ungrateful bitches. 
Yeah, it's very strange. Um, so then we get a brief interlude of Carrie working an event for Mr. Brainwash, um, who is a pop artist. And his art was pretty cool. It almost looks like a bougier, more well-renowned version of Sucklord. It did. Um, I actually was. I actually really liked all of his art. And this was at the Hotel Boulan, which is still open. Yep. Um, and she was setting things up with Jessica, who is, I'm assuming, the director of operations of the concierge company that she works for and not of the hotel. Yep. Um, and Mr. Brainwash was kind of hot. Oh, I did not get that vibe at all. In like a... I, hot is not the adjective. He was... <laughs> I don't know. He, for like a weird pop artist, I wasn't entirely against it there. Is that more accurate? Um, I thought he looked like, um, oh my God, why is my brain not working today? Um, Jeremy, what's his face? The porn star, the hedgehog. No, Ron Jeremy? Ron Jeremy, yeah. No, he is more attractive than Ron Jeremy. Jesus Christ. No. I thought he looked like a younger Ron Jeremy maybe then. No. Now I want to look up a picture. <laughs> Dear God, if I miss that taking notes, I don't think I'm, I don't think I'm blind, Frank. Um, but then we go back to Cafeina. And well, first I have to say really quickly, yeah. I love that what Carrie, Carrie was describing her duties. And one of her duties for these events was to um, get the best talent at their parties. And we all know what talent means, Carrie. Yeah. Okay, so now I'm looking up photos of him. <laughs> uh, I mean... I mean, I don't think he was ugly. I just didn't think he was... Like, I'm fine. I feel like that I have much more eclectic taste than you. So usually I'm the one who is hot for, like, the strange-looking ones. So it's weird to me that I do not think he's cute and you do. Okay, well, hot is definitely not the adjective. So I take that back. But I, I would not say Ron Jeremy. Okay. I mean, no, maybe it's just the beard that was giving me Ron Jeremy vibes. I mean, he's fine. He's not ugly. No. This looks... Okay. Yeah. I actually, I really like his art. Maybe that's what I was attracted to. No, agreed. I love his art. I think his art is great. I'm here for his art. I'm trying to... Th I can't think of who he reminds me of. It's going to bug me, and then I'll, maybe I'll shout it out later. Um, so anyway. Um, so we're back at Cafeina, and... Amy and Angela are hanging art um, and they're finally not crooked. <laughs> they're finally not crooked. Amy had them build an amazing like rolling wall for them to put the art on. Yeah, I know. And so then everybody starts drinking. So fine. Oh, well, first we have to talk about how Chantel fucking literally says, I hope no one comes. Yeah, I She know. literally says, I hope no one comes to my event. Like I hate her so much yeah her hair looks flawless the whole episode though i'll give her that even Which in her is, I, feel like it's, I feel like it's hard to achieve that in miami too yeah i mean she's got good hair i'll give her that yeah so this is where they start drinking and my note says who is paying for this bar that's where i really question the price tag so then they all sit there whining that no one is coming into the event they just sit behind a table and they whine that no one's coming in well, gee, that's a way to make it enticing for people. So, well, Angela at least called her one friend in Miami right. and said, please come. So I'll give her a teensy bit of credit. Right. Chantal and Claudia sit there. Yeah. Do and then Amy, good on her. She gets up and starts lobbying people. Literally like, goes to the streets of Miami and drags people into this event. Yep. Yep. 
And Claudia says, if we don't make any sales, Chantal will have been right. And there's nothing worse than that. Agreed. <laughs> Agreed. Agreed. So anyway, Amy does get people to come in. And I love that she's walking around with a giant glass of white wine. It's pretty awesome, actually. But good on her. She gets people there. And then, you know, they're being, they're like, really? Amy's like bringing people in from the street? And they judge her for everything. And I'm like, you know what? You have no idea what kind of wallet these people have. Or maybe they'll like your store. Like, just go with it. Because they're ungrateful bitches. Yeah. And then, of course, Jane Holzer comes in and rescues everything. Um, which was amazing. Like, I, I feel like they should, because that was on Amy, too. I know. I know. And Jane Holzer buys things. A lot of things. I know. A lot of things. I love that Angela still sells no art. <laughs> I know. Angela didn't sell anything, but she actually, like, she had some good conversations with people. And it was, I saw Chantal talking to a customer. I was like, oh, okay. So you just have, like, a four-drink minimum on not being a bitch. Yeah. Um, but they do have a toast to Amy, even though it's a little like, eh, at the end. Um, but they do, I think they say thank you to her. They do. They do okay. say thank you to her. I don't think that they were kissing her ass to the level that they should have been. Right. Um, but they did thank her. Okay. Yeah. And then we are again at the Mr. Brainwash event and Carrie is working the door and she looks very cute in her like periwinkle blue dress. Actually. I like her in that color with her tan. She, I think she always looks cute. Yeah, she's cute. And then all the girls come. Angela takes pictures of the event. Again, like, Angela, she brings her camera everywhere, and I bet she sells photos, and, like, she's, she's hustling to that end, and I, I appreciate that. Um, and she and Claudia are on a mission to get laid. I just put, Angela wants dick. She really does, and I'm sad that that was the outfit she wore to go catch one. Yeah, um, although she's never... I feel like everything she wears is usually very like blousey and billowy. It wasn't that. It was the fact that it was, she looked a little Miss Frizzle. You know, like it was yeah. kind of a rainbow muumuu and then she's wearing her glasses, which are cute, but not like, they're big, colorful glasses. And it just doesn't scream like, I'm looking to get some to yeah. me. But, well, I know. think it's really hard to walk the line between I'm trying to look like a serious art artist at Art Basel and I'm trying to get laid. Yeah, it's true. Like, it's, that's an interest. Those are two very separate lanes that are hard to merge. And and she leaves with someone who is a beautiful human being. Hot so. as fuck. Yeah, so I was clearly wrong, and that guy was into it. So. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. A model. He was a model. Yeah, so there is this one funny moment, though, where Angela's putting in work, talking to this attractive guy, and then he admits that he's gay, and she goes, oh, you're gay? Fuck off, then. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Um, and Amy is lit and she's complimenting Liz's boobs. And then Liz tells Angela how the night at Mokai ended. Um, and Amy says, now I know why Liz is being nice to me. She's focusing her hatred on Maggie now. Which I thought was hysterical and very astute on her part. Yes, yep. 100% accurate. And then we see Angela leave with the hot model and woo, good on yeah, her. It- she she is bold and she like wants to see his abs. He's happy to oblige and damn, proud of you, Angela. <laughs> then it's the next day, and Maggie and Ryan are by the pool. Did we know Ryan was from New Orleans? We do now. He has two tattoos. One says Nola, and one is a giant outline of the state of Louisiana. Of the state, yeah, I know. I was like, I, I 
did not realize that that has been, I don't think he's ever mentioned it, but and he, it fucking he has, tracks. And I bet his friends are from NOLA too. And that's why they're such drunken party monsters. He doesn't have an accent though. Maybe he went to college there. Maybe. Cause I thought someone said that um, in Maggie's birthday episode that he was from Jersey or a lot of his friends were from well, Jersey. Well, actually my sister-in-law is from New Orleans and she doesn't have an accent. Okay. Um, so anyway, he's, he's got some Louisiana roots clearly. Um, so Bobby and Liz show up to the pool and I'm now convinced that every interaction Liz has with other people on the show is awkward, even though I like her. (laughs) Like she, she is the queen of painful silence. I don't even understand why they went to the pool. Me either. Like she didn't want to be there. She is literally like flames shooting out the side of her head mad at the two of them especially especially ryan so why go hang out with him at the pool i i don't just to be fucking awkward as shit like to do that and then ignore i mean it was just it was uncomfortable and weird it was very weird so liz is understandably still mad but also like she won't hear any reasoning or she won't like she won't hear ryan and maggie out whatsoever she's i i think at this point she has written them off already yeah and fine but like it's just so painful to observe and ryan does say that he's sorry that it happened and he said but you know like i can only do so much to control my friend and liz is not having that i'm not having it either i I like that i do turn on liz later but i have at this point i had not turned on her yet so you are responsible for your fucking friends if you bring your friends to my event that i've invited you to as you're my guest and they're your guest just as I am responsible for your behavior, you are responsible for their behavior. And that's where he fucked up. He should have just blanketly said, I am so sorry. My boys got out of hand. I feel terrible about it. How can I fix the situation? That's right. all that should have been said. Right. He does ask Liz, what can I do? And she says, go back and tip the waitress. Yeah. So all Ryan had to say is like, okay, I will. No problem. And that doesn't seem to be what happens, or does he say that he will? No, that's when Maggie chimes in, and she's like, well, they don't open until 11, because I think they're leaving that day, right? Oh, maybe, yeah. And she's like, they don't open until 11, and she just starts to make excuses. Okay. Um, And then Liz says in her confessional she thinks that Ryan is using Maggie for free alcohol. Now, that (laughs) set very poorly with me because i was like as we've seen before like we've i've I've come around on ryan he seems very supportive of maggie he's a better boyfriend than i thought i do not think he's only in this for free alcohol like that was some bullshit no and like they're 26 years old like i don't (laughs) yeah they're they're not underage and their parents are never home like what what does that mean i don't know um so anyway maggie and ryan get up and leave thank god and this awkward scene is over and then liz looks at bobby and says i'm glad you're classy and have manners so there's that there's that and then we get this really brief interlude of angela in bed with chantal and spencer vom 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 i do not need a threesome interstitial with the three of them gross and i think it was all just a joke of course it was a joke yeah it's just weird I I don't, that's it. That's all I got to say about it. So then we go to Amy's parents' house. And (laughs) I actually think this may have been my favorite scene (laughs) in the episode. So Amy is playing football in the backyard with her brothers. And her brother, who looks like he's like 15 at best, 
um, says that Amy invited him to her event, meaning the pop-up, but forgot to send him the address. <laughs> also, Amy was so desperate for heads at the event that she invited her preteen brother. Yeah. It's incredible. It's a lot like the dinner party she had with the other brother. <laughs> um, so she's playing football with her brothers and she says, they're like, Amy, we're going to throw it to you. And she says, no, he throws like a linebacker. <laughs> like, I don't know that much about football, but I did know that her brother corrects her and says linebackers don't throw. And it was just really funny. I thought it was cute. <laughs> um, so then her dad comes outside he pushes one of her brothers into the pool and wants to talk to Amy inside. And he lets her know that they have sold the New York apartment that she is living in. Now, I want a little more background on this because he says that they've sold it and it's closing in two weeks. So she's got to be out in two weeks. Did, had they told her they were putting it on the market? Like, that's what I, I want to know how much time she had. I, has she known for months that they were putting it on the market or was this, was she completely blindsided? I don't know. I, in my personal opinion, I think that she knew it was for sale and that's why, you know, she's, she's shocked that it's sold, but she's not like gobsmacked and crying or anything like that. I, 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 Cause if she did not know it was being put on the market and she only has two weeks to figure her shit out, I feel bad for her. If she has had months to figure this out because she knew they were putting it on the market, then it's like, come on girl. Like you, you, you should have, I mean, if you can throw an event together in Art Basel in three days, you can find yourself a job at a new apartment. Right. Because she says, why, why didn't you tell me? And he said, I'm telling you now. So yeah. I, think she, I think she knew it was a possibility, but now yeah. it's become a reality. Um, so they have this conversation and her dad is trying to say like, you know, your internship is over, your event is over, the apartment has been sold. Like, what are you going to do now? Are you going to be able to support yourself? And she's like, well, we'll sit down and talk about it. And he was like, Amy, we are sitting down. And talk about <laughs> um, and she says that she knows she can't live off her parents forever, but that she didn't expect this huge ultimatum. And she basically can't think about it right now. Because um, she's overwhelmed. Yeah. I also like that her dad drinks Diet Coke um, out of a coffee mug. Out of a coffee mug. mug. <laughs> I think they probably wouldn't let him hold the can on camera. No, but they didn't black it out. We saw it was a Diet Coke. I know. I don't know. I had the same thought. I thought it was funny. Anyway. So then we have this brief scene with Carrie and her boss talking about the Mr. Brainwash event and how he was happy. And then they start talking about her juggling this internship with Sharon and the job. And it's pretty boring. She's overwhelmed. That's it. Yeah. And her boss says, quote, a lot of big things are coming up three times. That's I wonder what saying. big things are coming up. I know. <laughs> it's, it was really boring. <laughs> <laughs> I feel bad for Carrie. She does have a very boring edit. She does. I mean, it's a shame because she's really pretty and I'm sure, I mean, she seems fascinating and very interesting. So it is a bummer that like she's getting this boring edit, but I also think she's like so calm and not drama filled, that that's why, I mean, she handles her shit. Yeah. Yeah. So then we are back in New York. Everyone has left Miami and we are at Birch Coffee. Still open, multiple locations. Okay. Thank you. Thank you. And Maggie and Liz are getting together to talk about Miami yet and again. This is where I turn on Liz. Okay, I will lay it on me. I want your hot take. This is this is your this is your scene. Okay, so here's the thing. Um, 
Maggie finally seemed to make an appropriate mea culpa. And the fact that Ryan has contacted Mokai, emailed them, and made every effort to try to tip this waitress, and it looks like he's going to be able to do so. Like, that's what needed to be done. And they've finally done it. Like, they fixed the problem. And Liz needs to fucking drop it. Like, she is like a dog with a bone. And she's never going to get over this. I can't even at this point think of anything that Maggie and Ryan could do to, to, to placate her. And it's like, just drop it, fucking Liz. Come on. Like, he's, I mean, he's definitely done his, if, if what Maggie is saying is true, he has done his due diligence. Yeah, I agree. So then Liz takes it a step further and tells Maggie she deserves someone who treats her better. And honestly, as we've seen, I think Ryan, despite the fact that he gets drunk with his boys sometimes and acts like an idiot, treats her very well. He does. And then Liz throws out the fact that Ryan is cheap, which... Which, where is that coming from? That must have been something we haven't seen. Well, and I... Liz and Bobby clearly have more money than Ryan and Maggie. Or at least Liz does. And so for her to call someone else cheap at such a young age, too, it's like, well, not everyone was born into money. Like, I don't know. And so then Maggie gets defensive and she was like, it was an honest mistake. You know, like she, she is saying that like, they, they made a mistake. Their friend got too lit. They left the club with him and they were shit housed. As we saw, they forgot to tip the waitress as their friend was getting kicked out. That was a drunken mistake. And on that, I'm on her side because I myself have done that. I've done that. I mean, I have gotten wasted so drunk and just walked out of the bar without even paying, forgot, but I came back the next day and I paid and I double tipped because I felt so bad about it. Like as long as you rectify the situation, you're good. Yeah. Yep. So then, you know, Liz says she's over talking about it, but she won't even look Maggie in the eye. Nope. She like, she's done with her as a friend because of this one incident. Yep. And then Maggie says in her confessional that she's realized that Liz thinks she's better than everybody. And what I, what is interesting to me is that as much as it would probably kill Liz to hear this analogy, I think she's acting like her dad. You know, she fucked up. Her dad cut her off, like refuses to repair his relationship with her. And now that's how she's treating um, Maggie. And it seems like that's how she just treats people in her world. I think she learned it from her dad. You don't get second chances. It's one and done. Yeah. Well, and you know, it's just a bummer too, because it was awkward and they did make a mistake. And, you know, Liz told Ryan, the one thing he can do is to try and tip that waitress to make it better. Which is done. Right. That's what he's trying to do. Like he is doing the one thing she asked of him when they were by the pool. And the other thing that is kind of, and this is where I would have stepped, like this is where my reaction before all of this would have differed from Liz's. Like I wouldn't have, I wouldn't have left it up to Ryan. I would have contacted my friend that in the club and said, Hey, yes. my friend bounced without tipping the waitress. Can you tell us what the name, who the name of the waitress was? And can we call you with a credit card number? Like, how can I rectify this? Yes. Like that's what she should have done. That's what I would have done. Yeah. Because they were saying, they, I mean, Maggie said that Ryan keeps emailing and they didn't know the name of the waitress and this and that, the other thing. Like, Liz could have handled that shit. And she should have. And if it was me, I would have. If it were me and I were Liz, I would have been super pissed. But I, I, like you said, I would have taken it into my own hands. I would yeah. have called my friend and said, who was our server? Put this on my credit card. And then I would have lorded it the hell over Maggie and Ryan and been like, you owe me this much money. Yeah. Yep. 100%. To save, to save her relationship with her friend who owned the club. Yeah. Agreed. And not for nothing. Like, again, I am on Liz's side up until now. 
but I'm sure her friend who owned the club was thrilled to have his club featured on a reality show. Yeah. And free advertising. So, I mean, it wasn't a total wash either for him. Yeah. And I, I will say, I knew this, I remembered it because I had seen it before, but I remember watching this the first time. Maggie is so drunk when they're at that club that when you see Liz stand up and lucidly say to Bobby, go tell Ryan to make sure he tips the waitress. I remember thinking like, girl, you know, that's not going to happen. Yeah. Yeah. No. Like Liz, I mean- put down hundreds of dollars right now because they're not going to do it. And tell or- them, they, tell them they owe you tomorrow. Or you go over to them and say, like, do you have cash? We need to tip the waitress. If not, hand me your credit card. And I, I mean, you have to step in and be the adult. Yeah. yeah. Liz was the most sober one walking out the door. So yeah. I know. Well, in our final scene, Claudia is at end of century by herself, smoking a cigarette, <laughs> indoors around all the merch, which I find really gross. <laughs> <laughs> I miss smoking inside as much as the next person. We've talked about this, but something about like if I walked into a clothing store and the clothes smelled like cigarettes before I even bought them or tried them on it, like, it's so gross. It's very, I can't. Honestly, it still boggles my mind because in my life, there have been numerous clubs um, that I have worked co-check at just like for extra money or whatever. It's kind of fun. Yeah. Um, And I would just chain smoke. I would sit in that coat check with other people's garments and just fucking chain smoke all night long. And like a couple times, like people would come in with fur coats and like fancy and no one said boo. I mean, I, I bet I would smoke an entire pack of cigarettes. Like, it, I mean, it, it blows my mind. We all used to smoke indoors. Like, I, do you remember how bad you could smell at the end of a night at a bar? Like, I know, but, but I mean, also like, I'm sure a lot of the people whose coats I were watching don't smoke. <laughs> it's like here, I'm yeah. going to chain smoke with your garments and then give them back to you. But I mean, no one ever said boo and I got really good tips. So. There you go. Um, So Claudia is opening bills and she says that, you know, sales at the store have not picked up. Well, first, where's Chantal? She says Chantal skipped out on a weekend trip to Paris with Spencer and got really sick when she was there. Yeah. I want to know what she got sick with. I want to know how she's affording to taking a weekend trip to Paris when their store is floundering and they have no money. Like, I have so many questions about this Paris trip. I know. Me too. And the bill she opens is an electric bill. And the notice at the top says that it's a final turnoff notice. Yep. And it was dated March 2012, right? March 26, 2012. Yep. And it's for $205 and she calls her mom crying. Well, and the crazy thing is that means that this was filmed. So if it's going to be cut off March 26th, I'm assuming I've never had my electricity been cut off before, but I'm assuming you probably have what, like a month to get out of arrears. Maybe. Yeah. So it's probably end of February. So this is like three months after Art Basel. Right. So they're not selling anything. They are not. And Claudia tells her mom, her mom also sounded like the mom from Bobby's world. Like she sounded so Midwestern. (laughs) (laughs) Um, But so Claudia tells her mom that she's working every day this week. Like she's working every single day at the store and no one has come in at all. And so she's sitting there working, but like doing what? If you don't have customers, what are you doing? Um, Probably playing on the computer, smoking and like praying that someone walks in the door. Yeah. So then her mom says (laughs) that she's targeting the wrong audience and they need to get some customers with money. Her mom's not wrong, but it might be a little too late for that. Well, I wonder, now I know I'd have to go back to my notes, but um, 
they, um, here, I'll just look it up. Do we remember when end of century closed? Because I feel like all they really needed to do was make it for the show to air. Because you know, once the show was on, people would go, like just to gawk or whatever. I, I think it was open for a while after they stopped filming, but I think Claudia bows out. Oh, she does? I think so. Oh, okay. Because uh, I honestly felt like, oh, if they would just have, um, you know, if they, once it was on TV, people would, a tourist would go, I probably would go, you know what I mean? Yeah. I just like that her mom's hot take is get someone in there who has money to spend. 30 year old <laughs> investment bankers. Thank you very much. Yep. <laughs> she, she identifies the problem pretty quickly. But that's where we end the episode. And in our final episode of gallery girls, Maggie apologizes to Amy, which I find interesting. Yeah. Claudia seems to be done with end of century. Mm-hmm. And Maggie gets a new internship or job. Yeah. yeah. Uh-huh. And then we see the Claudia and Chantal showdown. Um, which should be very exciting. And I guess uh, Mary and I are going to talk and we'll announce to you next um, podcast episode what we're going to be covering next. Yep. Because we have to start thinking about that. Um, okay, you guys, it was great. Have an amazing uh, two weeks. Hang in there. I hope all of you who can and are able to are getting vaccinated. And we will talk to you real soon. Thanks for listening to another episode of One Hit Wonderful. You can find us online on Twitter and Instagram at OneHitPod. You can email us at franklymareb at gmail.com. You can find me on Twitter and Instagram at Nana's Mink. And you can find me on Twitter at HeyIt'sMareB. Please remember to rate and subscribe. And have a great week, guys. We'll talk to you soon.